have you on speakerphone. Is that okay? Why? Oh, well, I wanted to record your reaction. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather just have a conversation with you. Well, we are just going to have a conversation. I just wanted to make sure you're cool with it, though. Well, what do you mean, cool with it? Well, what do you think of the piece? Um, you're recording me still, aren't you? This is Complete Me, a podcast where I check things off one radio story at a time. I am Laura Herberg, and this is bonus content. I'm still working on episode three, Shop for a House. I need to do a little bit more shopping. So what you're going to hear right now is my mom's reaction to episode two. So if you haven't heard episode two, the one called Lift the Ban, you're going to want to listen to that first. If you've heard episode two, then you might be curious as to how my mom felt about the piece. I know I was. So I told her to listen to it and that I was going to call her up so we could talk about it. You just heard how that went. We talked for a little bit off the record, and then I turned the recorder back on. Now we're going to talk a little bit more, and you've given me permission to record, right? Yes. Okay, so tell, yes. tell me, what's your reaction to the piece? My initial reaction was I was just kind of um, shocked and felt exposed in a way like, I don't know, I didn't feel like, I I didn't like the way I sounded as far as, like, this mother who um, was so needy, because I don't think that I am. But, um, but I did think that you, you know, you, you're very accurate. I would do anything for you and your brother, and that's the way I am. And that's something that I'm very proud of. And I have friends who are not like that and who don't, I don't know, I do have this capacity for unconditional love, and that's a big part of who I am. Well, I know it seems like I take that for granted, but I think deep down inside I know how that I'm really, really lucky that you're like that. What what did you learn from the piece? I just had a little better understanding of that you actually know when you're doing this stuff that's not quite so nice. Like, in particular, you know, I, I very clearly remember at the grocery store you walking so fast and not being anywhere near me in the grocery store. You know, and the fact that you recognize that it was like a teenager antic, it makes me feel better. If you didn't, I would feel like I just raised a really, you know, like, how how did I have this child that doesn't even know she's doing this? So it kind of made me feel like a failure. Before this piece? No, I, I think, well, sometimes, yeah. You know, it's like, I'm not, um, like, mean, you know? And how did my kid get so mean? 
I, no one's saying you're mean. You're not mean. I don't know how I got so mean. How do you think I got so mean? I don't know. But, you know, I do remember you saying once upon a time when I confronted you, like, why are you, you know, constantly treating me in this way? And um, you said one time that you got frustrated with other people or you'd be upset with other people, but you couldn't express it to them. But you expressed it, you took it out on me because you knew I'd still love you. Do you remember that? Yeah, I think I, I've, yeah, I've said that to you before and in different ways that I don't, I, I don't have a filter with you. Yeah. And I don't, and, and I think that, that probably deep down inside, the reason why I don't have a filter with you is, probably on some unconscious level, I recognize that it doesn't matter what I say to you or how I say it, that you will love me. Whereas with other people, there's always this fear that they're going to reject me. So I unconsciously put on my best behavior with them. I remember when you were born, you know, and I had a daughter, it was like, right on, I'm going to have you know, with this daughter, the same kind of thing as I have with your grandma. And it didn't turn out that way, but I love you nonetheless, you know. But it's uh, sometimes it's hard because, you know, it's, I just feel that there's, um, our relationship could be so much more. Well, I'm sorry, Mom. I mean, yeah, that's that's got to be hard. I see how you are with Grandma or um, with other people, and I know that you've got all this goodness in you. So it's not like you're like that to everybody and that I would be thinking, God, my daughter is such a bitch to everybody. You know, it's like you're not like that. It's just like I'm the lucky recipient of <laughs> all that. Oh, there's your grandma probably calling to see if I'm taking her to Bartels. Yeah. Can you hold on just a sec? I'll tell her I'll call her back. Okay. Mom? Hi, I'm on the phone with Laura. Can I call you back? Okay. Alrighty. Bye-bye. <laughs> it's funny. She got like all excited. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah, she likes when we talk. But, well, is there anything else you were saying earlier before you let me record that you felt like it didn't uh, fully represent who you are? What are some things about you that didn't make it into the piece? Well, you know, like you had said, I mean, the piece, it's not about me as a person it's about the issues that are between us so I didn't really know all that but I just um I thought I sounded kind of ditzy with all the questions and like all those questions were over a period of time I didn't like fire it just sounds like I rapid fired all this stuff no I think people know that's edited mom I hope so (laughs) 
And uh, I had forgotten about the water tower thing. Oh, I have to tell you something that's that yeah. I think is funny and actually shows uh, how much we do have in common sometimes. Yeah. Guess what my next uh, curiosity story that I'm working on is about? I don't know. So, sorry, Curiosity is this series that oh, I... Curiosity, yeah, yeah. What is it about? The water towers? Yeah, it's about water towers. <laughs> so somebody asked about water towers? Yeah, someone said, um, what's up with all the water towers in Metro Detroit? Uh, do they still work? How do they work? See, weird things like that get me excited. That's another side of me. I mean, <laughs> you know. Well, to... I think that comes I'm across curious. in the piece. Pardon me? I think that comes across in the piece. Yeah. Are there crows? And I don't remember. Are there crows there? I don't know what I told you, but since then I read something that said there's like a lot of crows in Michigan. Huh. Like we're a big crow state. Oh, okay. Because we have so many crows. I don't know if you remember at grandma's house, like at right before dusk, like thousands would fly over and they're flying down to the lake. And grandpa in his last few years just got real excited every night when the crows flew over the house. Cause there was like thousands of them. Yeah. Or I, at least hundreds. I don't see them here. Like I used to in Seattle. I always uh-huh. remember crows just like cawing and like pecking at garbage in Seattle and I just I never see that out here yeah when I first moved in here there was like a crow family lived in the tree and there was two baby crows and the one I figured it was a boy just pawed all the time you know and the mom would come feed it and it drove me nuts it would wake me up <laughs> so but crows are exceptionally intelligent they're some of the highest intelligent birds I've heard yeah I've heard they're like really social or something or they have yeah, like they're family oriented and they mate for life and then like it's like they have crow funerals you know oh yeah like if one yeah if one dies and laying in the street and crows come from all over and they hang out on the telephone lines and like it's a wake or something it's pretty fascinating that is really interesting the kind of funny thing is After listening to the entire 40-minute conversation that my mom and I had about a piece that depicts our troubled relationship, I'm finally starting to realize that what we have is actually kind of special. This has been bonus content for Complete Me. I'm Laura Herberg. And here is another sneak peek from episode three. So you just got these bars on after the break-in? No. No. This was put on after the first break-in that was in 2008. My experience shopping for a house in the city I call home. Check your iTunes and Stitcher feeds for that episode in about a week.
The music you just heard is by the Ghost of the Emerald City, who just so happens to be my brother. You can find his music and his latest film, a surf documentary about creating your own reality by chasing the moment at storyofasundowner.com. The intro music at the beginning of this piece is by the Detroit-based band Bonnie Dune.